much to do this morning, but we're going to be uh, free to let him do just that. You know, in the book of Exodus chapter 8, uh, God told Moses, he said, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go to set them free so that they may worship me, so that they may serve me. So God is very intentional about our freedom. He has a vested interest in that. He wants us to be free so that we can serve him, so that we can worship him. And we're going to talk about that a little bit on this morning. Um, and so let's get to work. Let's get to work. Now, I just want to make sure that this, this game is set up. So you might be looking at this game this morning and say, well, I, I, didn't, I didn't come to church this morning to play games. I, I, life is real. Life is real. I want to make sure that's good. Life is real. So I didn't, I didn't come this morning to play any games. And if you feel that way, I'm glad. I'm glad because issues, life presents us all with issues. Pastor Philip was talking about it already this morning and all my well women that were here on Friday, Friday night. We talked about a lot of issues. So you see this game, but we didn't come to play any games this morning. Amen. We came to play no games this morning. And so I'm glad that, that we're on the same page. Amen. So we came to do some work. Let's do some work. Turn your Bibles to the book of John. The book of John, the book of John, chapter 15, chapter 15, the book of John. We're going to read this morning. Um, but while you're turning there, with this game, Connect Four, Winchell, can I borrow you for a second? With, with Connect, how many guys ever played Connect Four? Just about everybody. If, if you haven't, you'll learn a little bit about it today. Um, but with the game of Connect Four, go ahead, Winchell. We just gonna do a little. So the object of the game is to get four in a row. Amen? Four in a row. And we'll talk about the four as we progress. But the object of the game is to get four in a row. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever played with somebody whose objective really wasn't to win? But all they did was play to try to block you. Anybody ever play with somebody like that? Their, their objective, we're good. We, their objective, you can release it for me. Their objective was not to win the game, but their objective was just to block you. I play with people like that, and that is agitating. That sets me off. That sets me off. I want to tell you something. If you played this game or not, outside of this game, in life, you have a very real enemy whose objective is not to win. Let me give you a sneak peek. He's already defeated. But rather his objective is to block you from connecting for we're going to talk about the four, but his objective is to block you. His objective is to disrupt your connection. Somebody say connect four. Connect four. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that your word is already blessed. Your word says blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Well, we're hungry this morning, God. We're thirsty for you. And because we trust you, because you're faithful, we have an expectation to be filled on this morning. So fill us, Lord. Fill us, oh God. We are open. 
and we are ready to receive. Have your way and be glorified in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 15, if you're there, say I'm there. All right, let's do some work. Chapter 15, verse 1. Scripture says, now, if you're in your physical Bible or in your app, are those letters, what color are the letters? Red, who's speaking? All right, all right. So in John 15, Jesus says, verse 1, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide, stay connected, remain, dwell, make your home in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides, somebody say abide, in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, when you're disconnected from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide, say abide, in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and they throw them in the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Bless the word, bless the word, bless the word. Connect for, connect for. We just read in John chapter 15 uh, where Jesus is talking about abiding in him, resting in him, making your home in him. And prior to chapter 15 and verse 14, he was actually getting ready to depart, right? He knew that he was about to offer up his life, and so he was teaching the disciples, and he was comforting them and, and knowing that if they would remain in him, they would stay connected to him, that there would be nothing that they could ask in his name that he would not provide. And so he went on and on repeatedly, as we just read, and he stressed, he emphasized the importance of remaining connected to him. Wow. I mean, when we read that about one, two, three, at least seven times in just, what, seven verses we read, he said, abide, abide, abide. And yet, we already talked about earlier, you have an enemy who was bent on disrupting that connection. You ever ask yourself why? You ever ask yourself why? Why is he after me? Why is he trying to block my connection? The why should point you to the who. Why is he after me? Because you wouldn't be after anybody if they didn't have anything. So the why should help you locate that there's something in me, my God, that he is after. Now, we already said he can't win. But yet he's after me. Why? 
I need you to ponder that and chew that. And even all throughout this week, I want you to ask yourself, why are you after me? Why are you trying to block me? What do I possess? What do I have? Who am I? Who am I? We're going to reveal some things today, allow scripture to reveal some things on this morning. So the why should help you to discover the who. Amen? Amen. Amen. What is it that you possess? What do you have? How many people in here have ever dated? Probably every hand should go up. Hands down. How many people in here have never dated? Okay. Two hands. All right. So your neighbors are sitting by you all have. They should be able to help you out with this, this, this point. Have you ever dated somebody and didn't really realize what you had until somebody else started paying attention to it? <laughs> you kind of maybe took it for granted or you just really never spent any time taking inventory of what I really have, right? Like, why is somebody else after something that I'm not paying attention to? Right, I, I have the significant other, but do I even know th- what all I have that comes along with this package? But sometimes it takes somebody being after what you have for you to take inventory and stop into what you really have. And so the fact that the enemy is trying to disconnect you should tip you off to the fact that you've got some goods. You've got some goods. You've got a bag with some goods, and it's your job, JoJo, to protect our goods, right? It's our job to protect those goods. So let's, let's, let's do some work. We're going to do some reading this morning. Is that okay? Is that okay? So what, what do I get in this abiding? What, what, what's this supply? Well, let's, let's build on this really quick. So the enemy that was blocking me, he's not connected, but he wants to block my connection. I have something that he can't have that he wants. Let's go do some history on this enemy because in any game, any competition, it's always advantageous to know your enemy's strategy. Scripture says that we are not ignorant of the enemy's devices. We're not ignorant. This is not an ignorant church. I know your pastor is teaching you a lot of words. So we're not ignorant of his devices. So turn your Bibles with me to the book of Ezekiel chapter 28. Ezekiel chapter 28. Verse, we're going to start with verse 11. Ezekiel 28 and verse 11. And while you're turning there, in the book of Luke, Jesus says to his disciples, I saw Satan falling like lightning. So if he was falling, he was somewhere higher. I saw him falling like lightning. So are, are we there in Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 11? Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, take up lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him thus says the Lord God so let me help you as we're reading so so Ezekiel the prophet is giving instructions to talk to the king of Tyre but I need you to understand that he's being instructed not to talk to the man but the spirit behind the man and I know you're familiar with this concept because when we fast forward to the New Testament before Jesus was going to the cross Peter said oh no Lord you shall not go to the cross and Jesus turned to Peter and said Get thee behind me, Satan. So we're familiar with this concept of speaking to an individual, but really speaking to the spirit behind that thing. So as we read in Ezekiel, understand that he's speaking to a spirit. So what spirit? Verse 12. Son of man, take up lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, thus says the Lord God, you were the seal 
of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was covering the uh, was your covering, the sardius, topaz, and diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold, the workmanship of your timbrels. Can I hear some timbrels? Some symbols? Yes, the workmanship of your timbrels and pipes, wind instruments, was prepared for you on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stone. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence. And if you're taking notes, that word trading there, what this is alluding to is Lucifer, Satan, he was a merchandiser in heaven. And so what that means is uh, yesterday I was over at St. John's Town Center and there's a, a Louis Vuitton store. So if, if, if I worked at the Louis Vuitton store, somebody loves that store too. If I worked at the Louis Vuitton store and I, and I, I was a sales rep and, and my sister came in for a bag and say it was 2000 and I took 1200 put it in the register, and the other eight I pocketed. That's merchandising. You're taking something from the owner. And so in heaven, this, this cherub who had these timbrels and these pipes and was beautiful and all the diamonds and the stones and his beauty reflected the king of kings. He was the cherub of worship. He was merchandising God's glory. And so what was happening was he got full of himself. He was in the high mountain. He had a connection. He was abiding. His home, his dwelling was in the holy mountain of God. He had a connection. He had something. And then he began to merchandise, Ezekiel says. So he began to steal God's glory. So when the praises were supposed to go forth, for the glory to come back to God, this angel and his posse one-third, he began to receive some of that for himself. He was a trader. He was a merchandiser. So he got full of himself. That was verse 16. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within, and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you. Jesus said in Luke, I saw Satan fall like lightning. I cast you, he said, as a profane thing. So you were this beautiful thing. <laughs> Scripture says in, 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 in Genesis that after the woman was created, the pinnacle of God's creation, he created the trees, he created the moon, he created the stars, and then he made mankind, and he said, uh, he made man and he made the woman. It was very good. And then scripture says later that there was a special enmity between Satan and the woman. And we see in Ezekiel how he was so beautiful. Everything about him. He was God's treasured piece. Everything about him reflected. So when you have to uh, topaz and when you have all these emeralds, the light of the father will be reflected from him. He was his prized thing, but yet he was cast as a profane thing. He was cast as a profane thing. And so what he had with the father, he lost. He had something extremely special. It was so good that he wanted to take it for himself. And so when Jesus says, abide in me, I'm the vine. Stay connected with me. And everything you need, I am your supply. 
everything you need for nourishment, everything you need to walk this walk is in me. The peace you need, the joy you need, the provision you need, everything. We talked about relationships on Friday night, the, rela the intimacy that you need because you know there's a God-sized hole that we can't only get a certain intimacy from him that nobody could feel. And he had that, but he was cast. And yet Jesus says, before I leave, I need you to understand to abide, to stay connected is your greatest weapon, is your greatest resource. Everything, we said God is I am, so everything that you need is in me. So this enemy had something that he lost. He tried to steal it. And then God comes along. So now he was already casting. It said in Ezekiel that he was casting the garden. But God comes along, and he begins to create some things, and it's good, very good, 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 good. Then on the sixth day, he reaches down with some dirt. So wait a minute. I was in heaven. Lucifer, I was in I was son of the morning. The morning star was beautiful. And God came and took some dirt, some dirt, and formed human out of some dirt and breathed his spirit into some dirt and man became a living soul and then God says we're going to make man in our image hold up the angels were not created in the image they reflected the image but I'm going to make some dirt in my image and in my likeness and I'm going to allow my spirit to dwell to abide Do you understand what you have that he's trying to stop you from getting? He's a defeated foe. His end, his destiny has already been established. But God has a purpose and a plan. He says, I know the thoughts that I have towards you. Plans to prosper you, to do you good and no harm. To give you a future and an expected end. To give you a hope. Ooh, why is he after you? I need you to know what you got. So as you go through your week and you feel like you're being blocked, you need to remember who you are. You need to know who you are. You need to know what you possess. You need to know whose you are. You need to know that you've been made in the identity of the God who created heaven and earth. And the same God who said, I've made you in my image and likeness, said, I am going to give you this mandate to be fruitful and to multiply. And I want you to have dominion. But in order to have dominion, I need you to be like me. And so I need you to be fruitful. And we saw in John chapter 15 where Jesus said, the only way you can be fruitful is you gotta be connected. You gotta abide. You gotta remain. And he said it so many. Why did he say it so many times? Because he understands the enemy. He knows his tactics. He knows that he's coming for you. Scripture says that he roars around like a he like a roaring lion, seeking. He's seeking. He's looking for you, whom he may devour. Somebody say, but God, but God connect for connect for so so he says abide so much you know the enemy is trying to block he can't win so you understand why because you have something that he could never have again never have again ever ever <laughs> ever have again it says the glory 
the glory that we're going to experience can't even compare to anything that we, we walk in. Scripture says that even creation groans for the sons of men. That's you. For the sons of men to be manifested for the fullness, for the glory. John chapter 15 says that the Father is glorified when you bear fruit. So by you being, first of all, you got to know who you are. That's why we took the time to establish. First of all, let me read the strategy of my enemy. Why is he after me? I must have something. And now that I know why he's after me, what I have and what I possess, then now it's up to me to protect my goods. Yeah, 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 yeah. God puts a mandate on us to be fruitful and multiply. He told Adam to dress the garden, to keep it, to guard it. You have a responsibility to guard. It's got some precious things. Lucifer's jewels, everything we read in Ezekiel, has nothing on what the creator put in you. So you've got to guard those things. You've got to guard that for you. Somebody say, connect four. Connect four. So, so, hmm. How do I protect these goods? How do I do that? It's good you told me what to do, but, but how do I? What, what kind of fences can I put up? What's my defense when he's trying to block me? Well, we, we talked about, first of all, we need to recognize his strategy. Turn over to the book of James for me. The book of James, chapter 1. You guys have been in a series. I saw the announcements, uh, Naughty by Nature. So you're talking about temptations and sins and these strongholds that try to keep you bound. But let's, let's, let's brush that real quick in the book of James, chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. Are you there? James 1, chapter, chapter 1, verses 14 and 15 says, But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Thus, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. This might be a 70s thing, so if you, like me, 80s baby or beyond, you probably still have heard of it. How many of you guys have heard of LSD. LSD. Heard of LSD? So we just read that when we're tempted, we're drawn away by our lust, L, right? And lust is conceived, it brings forth S, sin. And when sin is birth, it brings forth death, LSD. So LSD, for those that might not know, is a hallucinant drug, right? It, it causes you to see things that are not there. It causes you what they say is tripping. It causes you to trip out. It causes you to not be able to deal with reality. There's counterfeit that's presented. So you are enjoying it. You can have a good trip. There's a high attach. Scripture says that sin is pleasurable for a while. Let's keep it real. The Bible says sin is pleasurable for a while, but we're talking about the strategies of the enemy and how to protect our goods and what kind of fences to put up. So we got to recognize this LSD, that's all he has to offer. The pleasure, the pleasure, whatever your sin is, and y'all are going to keep covering that through naughty by nature, but I just wanted to stop by to tell you that whatever it is, it's a false good. 
It's a false promise. It's like LSD. It's just going to cause you to trip, hallucinate, but when you come down, that fall, that low will be so much lower than before you even got the high. All he can offer you is counterfeit. Scripture says that he appears as an angel of light. So everything about him is subpar. Everything about him is a lie. He's the father of lies. So everything about him, this LSD, don't get tripped up. Don't get tripped up. It'll have you thinking that the lie is a truth. <laughs> Pastor may try to help, and he, he talked about it this morning. We all have issues. We all have stories. And if you come for help and he gives you the truth, because you might have been tripping on LSD, you might see him as your enemy when he's just trying to bring you the truth. LSD, don't get caught up. Put your fence up. If, 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 if your goods is in a house, lock your door. You got to see LSD coming. Close your windows. Turn on your ADT. Protect yourself. Protect your goods because you are carrying God's precious jewels and earthen vessels. And it's your job, your job to steward that. Amen? Amen. So I want you to change your mind even about sin. Repentance. I love that word. It just means to change your mind. God tells us to renew our minds how much, how often? Daily. Daily. So we can repent. How often? Daily. And it causes us to see God in the right perspective, in the right light. So I want you to have a different perspective about sin. Sometimes we get so attached to our sins, we get protective over it. It's like we're loyal to that. Because if you're talking about my sin, you're talking about me. How dare you talk about my sin? But let me help you. You don't owe sin nothing. You don't owe sin not one thing. Sin is what's trying to keep you from being connected. Sin is that thing that would disrupt your connection. You don't owe sin anything. Detach. Let me release you from condemnation because a lot of times it's a shame that we don't even want to acknowledge sin for what it is. But don't, don't, don't get bogged down with that. Be released today and know sin is not your friend. Sin has come to destroy you, steal from you, kill. Sin, LSD, it is counterfeit and it produces nothing but death. And so death means separation, separation. And so sin separates you from that connection so don't trip don't trip look at your neighbor and say don't trip lsd might promise you something but it's it's all like biggie said it was all a dream it was all a dream it's not real nothing about it is real and so we're not going to spend too much time on the sin because you understand how to protect you understand how to see the enemy how he's coming what I want to talk about this morning, I want to give you just one thing this morning, and it's amazing. Holy Spirit, have your ways. Pastor alluded to it while he was giving announcements. So it's not always the sin, or oftentimes it's not the sin. Oftentimes it's the weight. Hebrews 12 says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight that so easily besets us and the sin, every weight. So it's not always the easy recognizable sin, but more often, and if not for you, more often for me, it's the weights that disrupt my connection. And I wanna talk about one weight in particular, really, and we're gonna be out of here, but I need to give you a strategy because you're leaving here more free than you came today. 
You're going to have some more tools on what you already have on how to stay free and how to remain connected. Amen? Amen. So the weights that disrupt our connections, as I just alluded to in Hebrews 12, are those, those sneaky things. I'll put it like this. How, how, how the enemy is so deceptive and so subtle. Oftentimes, he packages those weights as a good thing. Mm-hmm. See, there's a difference between a God thing and a good thing. See, a good thing, it just is what it is. But when God gives you an instruction to shift on a thing, to shift in a season, to change on a thing, and we hesitate, or we don't shift when he says to shift, then we've turned our good thing and we've made it. We've become our own God and made that thing a God thing. We've allowed our assessment and our judgment to say my righteousness is able to deem this a good thing. But until God stamps his thing on it, the God thing will always and should always trump a good thing. A good thing. And so, how many of you guys have heard of Father Abraham? <laughs> Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. But before he had many sons, he had a nephew. He had a nephew named Bible students. He had a nephew named Lot. And Pastor talked about it a little bit earlier. Some of the times the things that prohibit our connection are things that we got to disconnect from. In order to maintain our connection, we got to disconnect from some other things. And oftentimes, those are people. And oftentimes, it's a good thing. It's a good thing, but it may not be a God thing. Turn over to Genesis 12 real quick for me. Genesis chapter 12. So in order to maintain, as we're protecting our goods, and to maintain our protection, our goods and our connection, rather, we've got to disconnect from whatever would threaten our connection. We got to cut it. We got to cut it. In John chapter 15, the scripture says that if the branch isn't bearing fruit, God's going to cut it. So before we get cut, we better cut some things that threaten our connection. Turn to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. I want to tell you. God has a plan. He has a purpose. Somebody say destiny. Purpose for my life. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land I will show you. Okay, God wants to bless this man. This is a good thing. He says, I will make you a great nation. I got a purpose for you. I will bless you. I want to prosper you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those that bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in, all, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. First one, he says, get out of your country and from who? From your family. Huh. Okay, so verse 4. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken, and Lot went with him. So I need to, this little history. Abraham's brother was Lot's father. Well, Abraham's brother passed away. So Lot was his nephew. It was a good, it's a good thing to take care of your family. That's a good thing. That's a noble thing. And so Abraham was taking care of his nephew, the son of his deceased brother. But God said what? Get out of your country 
and leave your family. I need you to right there, park, put a dime in a meter. I need you to be able to distinguish a good thing from a God thing. A good thing can turn into a not so good thing when God comes in and gives you an instruction. Your, your choice is your worship. Your yes to God, that is your worship. And so Abraham, we understand that he worshiped God by getting ready to sacrifice his son Isaac, right? That was his yes. But he was also required to give a yes before that. That was just as much of a sacrifice. And see, it was easier almost for him to offer his son. Think about that. He was ready to do a God thing. But yet, that good thing, I can't leave my nephew. He don't have a father. What kind of God would ask me to do that? You see how we place our judgments on God and how we become? You see how we do that? I want us to see this through Abraham. And so Abraham, verse 4, took Lot with him. Hmm. Wow. And so we all know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Right. Verse 8 in chapter 13. So Abraham said to Lot, please let there be no strife between you and me. You know the story. For time's sake, I'm just going to go ahead and elaborate for you. So Abraham took Lot. And Abraham had a bunch of herdsmen. He had a bunch of cattle. He had a lot of possessions. Now God said, I want to make you an even greater nation. I want to do some things for you. And Abraham had all this stuff. And then Abraham also had Lot who had all these things. And because they were together, God who knows all, who knows the end from the beginning, who sits high and looks low, whose ways are higher than our ways from eye level, when he gives us a directive, I need you to see how holy that is. I need you not to disregard or take for granted a directive from God is your worship. Your response to God is your worship. Yes, we can come and we can sing and we can praise and we can lift our hands, but if we negate to not give him our yes, and we have faltered, and our connection is interrupted. So Abraham didn't give him the yes. He took Lot with him, and there was a strife that arose between Abraham's herdsmen and Lot's herdsmen. And so Abraham said, okay, okay, all right, maybe, may, maybe we should separate. Uh, duh, God said that in the beginning. <laughs> you see how we do? But we do it our way. And then we bring on issues. We bring on struggles. We create problems because we judged God. God, what are you, I can't leave him. It's better that I'm with him. God is all wise. He's all knowing and he wants to be trusted. Scripture says that Abraham believed God and God accounted it to him as righteousness. Believe me, I am faithful. And so Abraham, after this struggle erupted, we don't have to be like Abraham. We don't have to wait for the struggle. We can get ahead of it and see the enemy's tactics and protect our goods by just responding with a yes. I'll take a God thing over a good thing any day. And so <laughs> verse, I'm in chapter 13, verse 11. Then Lot chose. So Abraham said, look, Lot, let's just separate. Let's split up. And we're, we're, if you want to take the east, I'll take the west. If you want to take the west, I'll take the east. Lot looked up saw that the way he wanted to go was more prosperous. The land was a little more fertile. So he chose the good thing. Abraham said, that's cool. That's cool. At this point, let me just obey God. So Abraham, verse 12, Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan and Lot dwelt in the cities uh, of the plain and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked. So Lot saw a good thing in Sodom. And yet we know the end of Sodom. That's another sermon. 
Somebody say, that's another sermon. We're not going to deviate that. So then verse 14 is where I want to get. Verse 14 says, and the Lord said to Abram, here, here we go after this comma, after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward, for all the land which you see I give to you and your descendants forever. So God already had this in store for Abraham. Abraham wanted to do a good thing, talking about connecting, abiding. Abraham wanted to do a good thing, and yet it held up his blessing. It held up what God had intended to prosper him with. Verse 14 said, and the Lord said to Abraham, only after, only after he disconnected from what God had already told him to disconnect from. Church, it is important. It is important that in order to remain connected, in order to abide, one of the things we have to do sometimes is cut off anything that threatens that connection. And as you saw with Abraham and Lot, a good thing is not always a God thing. And I know in your life there's some things that you're determining are good things and you won't let it go. But until you let it go, after Lot departed, until you let it go, God won't release what he has for you. He's a good God. It is his pleasure to give us the kingdom. So God is never holding back. That's why Jesus says, abide. Abide in whatever you ask. As long as you are abiding, as long as you're connecting whatever you ask, because I've already planned it for you. I have thoughts to bless you, to prosper you. So whatever you ask, as long as you're connected, it's yours. That's what the Bible says. That's what scripture says. And I believe it. I believe what God says. Whatever I ask in his name, as long as I remain, it's mine. And so I need you to understand and discern for your destiny's sake, for your children's 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 sake. Even if right now you don't have the strength to disconnect from some things for you, you got to think about your children and your children's children and the legacy and the posterity that God wants you to leave in the earth. If anything is going to threaten my connection, I got to cut it off because connecting with four is nothing more important, nothing more important than that. Somebody say, connect for. Connect for. I need you to be aggressive about this connection. The enemy is going to try to disrupt. It is what it is. He's not going to stop. But you got to get in front of this thing, and you got to be aggressive with this. And here's the thing. Maybe if we just trust God, who, again, who sits high and who sees it all, we're ground level, and we just see what's in front of us. But maybe if we just trust God, the things that we have to disconnect from are on the other side of our blessing waiting for us anyway. He's a good God. Somebody better ask Joseph about his family. When God sent him away from his family, Joseph was sent to be the blessing for his family. So the ones that you're struggling to disconnect for are waiting on you to be blessed. Your blessing, their blessing resides in you. So if you love them like you say you love them, then you've got to do what God says to do. Because not only does he love you, he loves them as well. He loves them as well. He wants what he wants from them as well. But you might be the vessel that he wants to get it through. you got to remain connected. you got to remain connected, even with Abraham and Lot. 
Lot was still blessed after they could, uh, uh, disconnected. They were still blessed. There was a war with some kings, four kings. And Abraham went to rescue Lot. And the goods that Abraham recovered from that war, Lot still was able to be blessed from Abraham's legacy. I want you, church, to be encouraged that in order to remain your connection, you got to. It's imperative that you disconnect. I know it's hard. It's hard for me. But you've got to disconnect from anything I'll say it until I'm blue in the face that will threaten your connection from the God of heaven and earth, the God who loves you so much that while you were yet in your sins, watched his son die and hang on a cross. While I was yet in my sin, this God loved me enough. The same God who cast Satan out says, draw nigh unto me. I want you. I created you for fellowship. I created you for intimacy. Draw nigh unto me and I'll draw nigh unto you. The same God who Jesus uses in the picture as the prodigal son, the son that left and disconnected on his own, but the father who was searching every day he went to the edge of his porch looking for his son to return home because all the goods were in the house. All the goods were a part of the connection. That's the God who wants you. That's the God who loves you. That's the God who's calling you to never lose your connection somebody say connect for he wants you he desires you do you want him do you want him are you really hungry for this connection connect for so we got to get into the four so we already talked about number one why or who or why the enemy is after you like he is the blocker the hater and then why? Because of the supply we have. And then if we have all these goods, it's important for us to protect these goods. And as we protect these goods, we've got to be aware of the enemy's strategies. And as we put up these fences, I said that one of the strategies is realizing that we've got to disconnect from some of the things that are disrupting our connection. So now, hmm. <laughs> thank you, Holy Spirit. I wasn't even there, but thank you. Hmm. So now, that we have this, 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 this concept, and we have this hunger, and we have this desire, and our minds have been renewed, but I don't, I don't owe anything that's going to disconnect me. These weights, lay it aside. These sins, you got to go. I'm willing to do that, because what's on the other side of that is worth more than this could ever give me. So then, so then, who are the four? the four I could have just said connect but we're talking about connect four so if the enemy is coming but can't stop you and he's chasing you what's the importance of the four well so glad you asked so glad you asked so then Jesus says we read in John 15 abide in me remain in me everything that you need I have and then he also says that I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man comes into the, the Father. We got two pieces. No one comes to the Father but by me. And then the same Jesus said in the same book in John, he says that I'm going to leave. Jesus, we got the Father. He says, I got to go. Don't you be troubled. 
understand. You might think it's a good thing, Peter, to keep me here. Peter said, you shall not go. You might think it's a good thing, but the God thing is I got to go. Why? Because if I don't go, then I can't send the comforter. Then I can't send the helper. I can't send the one who will never leave you, who will never forsake you. He says, if I don't go, I can't send the Holy Spirit. So if you've received Jesus, then you have the Father. If you've received Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. The outlier is you. The outlier is me. Who can separate me from the love of God? Who can separate me? Paul goes on in Romans and he says, shall peril, shall tribulation, shall death. He starts listing what things. He asks the question, who? But then he starts listing what things. So the only who, it was rhetorical. Who can separate me from the love of God? The only who. Even though the enemy is after you. Even though he's trying to block. The only thing, the only one that can separate you, that can disconnect you from the love of God, is you. It's me. It's me. It's me, oh Lord. It's me. And so that's why I needed you to understand what you have and what he's trying to get. (laughs) Christ put it this way. He says, in the book of 1 John, he says, for this reason was the Son of God made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. He's a defeated foe. It's a fixed fight. You are all, your destiny has already been determined. And so the only thing that you need to do is follow the path. That's why I said your worship is so important because your worship is your choice. And God who sits high and who already sees the path is trying to tell you from the control tower through the Holy Spirit. That's why you got to have all four. You, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's trying to tell you through the Holy Spirit, turn right. I see what's on that corner. Turn left. But no, God, I want to go this way. Turn left. I need you to drop this person off here. But God, that's my bestie. I need you. That's my brother. That's my. I see it all. And in order to get you to what I've already prepared for you, I need your yes. Your yes. Your yes is your worship. So Jesus came and he destroyed the works of the devil. For this purpose was he sent. So since it's already a fixed fight and you're already more than a conqueror and you're already an overcomer, And already, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Christ Jesus. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Since you've already got the victory, it behooves you to stay connected. Since you've already got the victory, it behooves you to connect more. Give me four people. It behooves you. I need four people up here. It behooves you to let nothing, no demon, no devil, no friend, no addiction, no addiction, no addiction. It might feel oh so good, but it's not good. But I need you. You, 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 you are, she represents you. I need you to understand that everything you need is on the other side of this connection. And anything that's going to try to, whether it's a sin, go ahead and name your sin. You don't owe it nothing, but name it. Get ahead of that thing. He said, I came to destroy that. 
But whether it's a sin for me, it's more so a weight. But that weight is not worth it. Nothing is worth my salvation. Nothing is worth my destiny. Nothing is worth what God has for me. Because what God has for me, it is for me. And no devil in hell. That's for my children and my children's children and my family. So my yes, my yes, my yes is all I have. So this morning, God, I give you my yes. Whatever it takes for me to give you a yes, I will give you my yes. I will give you my yes, God. I don't care. I'm deleting his number. I'm deleting her number. I'm going to put the drugs down. I'm going to put the... You give my yes. You give my yes. Sickness, you can't have me. Disease, you can't have me. Oh, my God. You can't have me. Alcohol, you cannot contain me. You cannot have what God has for me. I will get my blessing. If you free this place, somebody shout Jesus. Connect for Connect for Four. He's coming for you, but that's because you got something. Protect your goods at all costs, whatever it takes. to look at the enemy like you gotta build yourself up in your most holy faith ah you gotta get in that word and fast freedom y'all going on the fast a corporate fast you gotta take that fast seriously you gotta pray with that fast you gotta get in your word with that fast there's some strongholds that god needs to break off of all of our lives freedom he's taking you to another level he's taking you higher He's taking you higher. And it's important. Thank you, guys. It's important. Uh As he's taking you higher, it's so important. It's so vital that you remain connected. You got to remain connected to the vine. I am the true vine. You can do nothing, not one thing. You can do some things in your own strength that will trip you up. We said LSD will have you tripping. You can do some things. That's right, brother. It won't relax. But he said if you remain, (laughs) if you remain, then you're going to bear much fruit. And the Father is glorified. Do you understand? I even said in my prayer, God, be glorified. But I have a part in him being glorified. If I bear fruit. He said, be fruitful and multiply. He wants you to produce some things. When you go in the supermarket, in the produce section, that's fruit. There was a seed, and then something manifested. So when God is glorified by my bearing fruit, then there's a fullness. So when he looks down in the earth, he sees his image multiplied. I see me over there. I see prosperity. I see me over there. I see businesses. I see me over there. I see kingdom. I see me. Holy Spirit, Jesus, I see me multiply. So when we bear fruit, God, you get God, his fullness is seen in the earth. When we bear fruit, he's glorified. He's magnified. So yes, when we have services, when the Shekinah, that's another word for glory, and a different, uh, a, a different derivative of meaning, the Shekinah, we worship and it's high in the Shekinah, the presence. That's a part of his glory. But we have some part. Another glory. You gotta bear fruit. 
He's taught from the very beginning. That was the first mandate he gave us. Be fruitful. Be fruitful. Scripture talks about fruit of the spirit, right? Love, joy, peace. But there's other fruit that he has called you to bear. There's some custom fruit that he's called you to bear. <laughs> what he's putting my sister here, I don't have. What, what he's putting my brother here, I don't have. But because now, just as much as he's intentional about us connecting with him, he's very concerned about us connecting with each other. You see, he, he, he does nothing isolated. He made a son and sent him, and he's the head of what? A body. So you're interconnected. So it's imperative that your glory comes forth, that God is glorified through you, that God is glorified through you, that God is glorified through me. So it's important that I stay connected enough that when she's not bearing fruit, uh-oh, some of the pruning that he does is through people. But you got to be connected. You got to be close enough, Pastor Philip, in order to be pruned so you can bear more fruit. So don't let that LSD trip you up and you think it's a lie. Oh, oh, they just don't like me. They hate Oh, they're being too harsh. Oh, they just don't want to see me come up. They won't let me be great. Don't let LSD trip you up. That's the pruning process. But, but if you're not connected, you won't know that. When you're connected, you understand a person's heartbeat. So, so nobody, just anybody can't prune you. But when you connect, freedom is important that you remain connected with each other. It's important that you remain connected with each other. God wants to do some good things through this body of believers. You have a visionary for a leader. Like I said when I started, yes, this is my brother, but I know him even more in the spirit. We don't talk every day. We probably talk more this year, about three times, than we talked forever. But I know him more in the spirit. And I will say this, Pastor Philip, I will say this. God wants to do some things through you in the city. Just like in the book of Acts, Philip. Philip was sent to Samaria to preach the word. This is when the gospel was first being spread through the disciples. In Samaria, you got to understand, was like the ghetto. Samaria were the outcasts. First, it was only to the Jews. And so God sent him to preach the gospel, this message about connecting back with the Father, being restored. God sent Philip to preach it to the outcasts, to, to, to the ones religion might toss to the side. <laughs> and so Pastor Philip, seven years, how, how long is this ministry? Nine years. What you have built here and what you're continuing to build, that's why this message is important for you to remain connected to the Father and to each other. God wants to do some things through you, through this city. Just like he took that same Philip to preach in Samaria, then the Holy Spirit took Philip and he sent him to a eunuch who was in Jerusalem to worship. It was a feast day, Passover. And so he sent Philip to a eunuch. So this eunuch was from Ethiopia, Acts chapter 8. Don't take my word for it, fact check. No, read your word. Acts chapter 8. And, and the Holy Spirit, connect four, you need Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's why it's so important that you're connected to the Son so you get the Holy Spirit who's going to give you direction. Holy Spirit sent Philip to this eunuch. So the eunuch served Queen Candace of Ethiopia. He didn't just serve her. He was over her treasury. This was a trusted man. Holy Spirit sent Philip to a governing authority. He had influence. He had power, and he sent him 
And so, Pastor Philip, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is using you in this city to preach and to reach. Your voice is reaching and is going to reach in an intensified manner those who have been rejected by church and religion. He's going to use your voice to reach those who have been overlooked. He's going to use your voice to do that, but he's also sending you to governing authorities in this city. Your name, your name is already on their hearts. Your influence, your influence is increasing. City officials, commissioners, councilmen, your name is being put on their heart. And they're going to reach out to you because they're going to become aware of your influence. Your influence in the city has risen to another level. That is the word of the Lord. This not only impacts and affects your pastor, though, as God is building you and using you in the city. You can't have a name like Freedom Church and God not have a purpose and a mission for you. He says, who the son has set free is free indeed. He's all about freedom. I told you that he told Moses even from the beginning, tell Pharaoh to let him free so they can worship me. He has a vested interest. So you can't carry a name like freedom without having a certain mantle that God is going to put a responsibility and have a requirement from you. So as you guys have been building for nine years, you are increasing. And it's important that you remain connected to each other. As I told the women on Friday, everything you need is in the room. And we discover that through discussion. Things that they didn't even know somebody else had. Everything you need is in the room. And so you are being held accountable for stewarding that. Steward that thing. Allow God to add to and build that. And as you stay connected, it's important that you stay connected to the pastor's vision. God is going to use him, but God is not about a one-man show. As he uses him, there's going to be more requirement put on the house. So leaders begin to gear up. God is calling you higher. And he's going to use you on display, particularly in this region. October 13th, mark these words. And know that God sent me to prepare you to stay connected to him. And to stay connected to the vision of this house and each other. And so on this morning, I talked about Jesus. I want to open up the floor. I don't take it for granted that everybody has, has committed and given their life to Christ. If you don't know Jesus... You can't be connected to the Father, and you won't have the Holy Spirit. So if you don't know Jesus, you're in the right place today. We sang about him this morning. We prayed through him this morning. We worshiped in him this morning. We talked about him all morning through the word. If you don't know him, today is your day. Today is your day. If you don't know the Lord, just slip your finger in the air. I want to just see what's in the room right now if you don't know Jesus Look around, do a road check. I don't see any hands. So everyone, if you know the Lord and you are his, let me see your hand. This is serious business. So everybody knows the Lord. To God be the glory. Amen. To God be the glory. Now, since you do know the Lord, if you have gauged through this message that your connection is not as strong as it has been, or as it should be, or as it could be, then this altar is open for you for prayer. If your connection needs to be strengthened, if your connection, if you need to take inventory and it needs to be fortified, if right now 
you know that your connection needs to be built. There's an atmosphere of freedom that's already been set that resides here. The word has gone forth. Its place is anointed already. Scripture says that it is the anointing that breaks the yoke. So if there is a yoke, if there's any bondage that's separating or threatening your correction, your, your connection, come to this altar. Come to this altar. He wants you. He says, abide in me. He says, if you draw nigh unto me, I'll draw nigh unto you. He says, I want you. He says, I am here for you. I am here for you all day, every day. I love you. You are mine, and I can be yours. I can be yours. As the altar is being filled, I want you to know when you're connected with four, you've heard the saying, us four no more, but, but like the prophet Elijah prayed for his servant, he says, Father, open his eyes so that he can see that there are more for us than against us. So when you're connected as four, I need you to understand that there are more for you than against you. When you have that connection of four, there is nothing that can stop you from being and having all that God has positioned for you to have. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. So the altar workers are coming forward to pray, and I'll, I'll lead a, a corporate prayer as, as we're praying. But I want you, for those that are in your seat, I want you this week just to be meditating and, and praying, God, show me. Even, even if there's somebody that you're struggling to disconnect from, and it may just be for a season. God may bring that thing right around. If, it's, if you need help, this is the place to get the help right here, right now. If there's something that you know that you need God to do for you, this altar is open. This altar is open. This altar is open. Father God, we thank you this morning. You are healer. You are redeemer. You are comforter. You are holy. You are righteous. You are faithful. You are almighty. You are most high. God, nothing is impossible or too hard for you. Father, we come in this place and we glorify your name. We praise your name. We declare that you are worthy. God, this morning, our response to who you are, all that you are, you are good. You are great. You are excellent. You are I am that I am. You are worthy to be praised. You are worthy to be lifted up. Father, and as we acknowledge you in this place, there is none likened unto you. There is none like you. There is none beside you as we exalt your name in this place, O oh God. Father, we thank you that you desire us and that you desire to be connected with us, God. And God, as we draw nigh unto you, you've already promised that you would draw nigh unto us. So we thank you even now, God, for your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are alive, that you are a living spirit, that you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or even imagine. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are sent to guide us into all truth, that you are a spirit of comfort, that you sent, are sent to remind us of all things. We thank you this morning, oh God, that you have given us the right response to who you are. We respond to all of who you are with our yes. Our worship we offer to you this morning, our yes. Yes, Lord. Yes to your will. Yes to your way. 
Yes to your instructions. Yes in your presence. Yes and amen. Yes, Lord. I will be the one. Let it be done unto me. Yes, Lord. I will obey your commands. Yes, Lord. I will love you with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul, with all my strength. Yes, Lord. I surrender to you. Yes, Lord. I give it all to you. Yes, Lord. You are deserving of my all. I give my life to you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You are he that is, that was, and that was to come. Yes, Lord. We thank you, God, that you are Father. We cry out, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. We thank you that you own us as children. We thank you, God, that your power, your might is working in us. That by the power that's working in us, oh God, we thank you, oh God, that you have prepared. You said, I go to prepare a place. You have things already prepared for us, oh God. God, we thank you that even before you created us in our mother's womb, you knew us. You knew us. You knew us. So by your Holy Spirit, reveal to us, oh God, that which you knew. Show us our goods. Show us what you've placed on the inside of us. Reveal, oh God. We thank you for revelation. We thank you for truth. We thank you, oh God. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. And if you're in your seats, continue to pray. This is an atmosphere, an environment. When we read earlier, I said that uh, uh, it said that Satan was in the garden, but when God made Adam and Eve, he put a cherub to protect that garden. He said, guard this garden and keep it. It was an atmosphere that God was asking them to facilitate. So we're facilitating an atmosphere for God to move. God, even now, all of us, we lift our hands to you and say, let us not be the one that is the source of anybody's connection with you. God, we repent for when we have been the source of somebody's disconnect from you. God, show us when we err. Show us even when we want to do good and we think that we're helping. God, I pray for every parent in this place. I come against a spirit of enablement. Give parents wisdom, oh God. Wisdom on how to love on how to be parent the now and not always verb and intercede, how to allow you to be God in their children's life. God, I thank you for increasing wisdom in parents on today. God, I thank you for husbands and wives, oh God, even when as spouses we might be the one in the way. Father, today we surrender to you. We repent. Oh God, we never want to be the ones to be a part of somebody's disconnect from you. We never want to be found in the way of anyone getting to you. So, God, we honor you with our yes today. We thank you, Holy Spirit. You are adored in this place. You are worshipped in this place. God, we pray that our yes, oh, Father, is a sweet-smelling aroma into the courts of heaven, even on this morning, oh, God. God, you are magnified in this place. You are glorified in this place. You are made large in this place. Have your way in this place. There is none like unto you, oh God. Father, we thank you for the impartation that's going forth. We thank you for Holy Spirit that is touching places that only you can touch. We thank you that we don't have to rely on man's touch, but that you see all things, that you know all things, that you hear all things. 
You know our inward parts. You know the numbers of hairs on our head, oh God. Father, you created us fearfully and wonderfully made. You know what's better than we know ourselves. So we come before you in worship. And in the light of your glory, reflect who we are. Reinforce our identity. Who we are in you. What we have in you. The authority we have. The grace, the empowerment, the power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Put your hands together in this atmosphere as we worship God. As we worship God. For those at this altar, you came to get what you needed and God is faithful to supply. God is faithful. God has you right where he wants you. You are beginning a corporate fast. And so this is just the beginning. This is just the jump start to what you're about to engage in. And look to your left and to your right. You are not alone. You are connected with sisters and brothers. I am my brother's keeper. I am my sister's keeper. I have resources, but I know the source. I know my vine where all my supply comes through. So you are blessed. And what God blesses, no man can curse. So walk away to your seats empowered and the authority that God has called you to walk in. In the name of Jesus. Can we say you will satisfy me? praise team. Grab the microphone. You will. Come on, you will satisfy. Come on, you will satisfy me. I need everybody to lift your hands and tell the Lord, you will. You will. Come on, say, you will satisfy me. You will satisfy me. You will satisfy me. As long as I abide in you. You will satisfy me. You will. You will satisfy. Come on, say, you will. You will satisfy me. You will satisfy Everybody lift your hands and tell the Lord, you will. You will satisfy me. Hallelujah. You will satisfy Come on, tell the Lord, you will satisfy me. You will satisfy me. You will satisfy me. You'll give me everything that I need. You will satisfy me. You will satisfy Yes, God. Come on, say, you will satisfy You will satisfy Hallelujah. You will satisfy Come on, lift your hands and open up your mouth and just worship him. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands and open up your mouth and worship him. If you know I'm going to abide in him, I'm going to remain in him. Hallelujah. He'll give me everything that I need. I'll never go lacking. I'll never go without. Hallelujah. He will satisfy the longings of my soul. And we bless your name, God. Hallelujah. Come on, say, well of living water. Come on, well. Well of living water. Hallelujah. You will never run dry. Because he gives me everything that I need. Because he gives me everything that I need. Come on, say, well of living water. Well of living water. 
some worshipers right there. I need you to tap into the word you just received. Somebody say, well of living water. Come on. Well of living water. You will never run dry. You will never run dry. Hallelujah. There is no lack in you. There is no lack in you. You will satisfy everything that I need. Well of living water. Well of living water. You will satisfy. You will satisfy. Glory to your name, God. You will never run dry. Give me everything that I need. I'll abide in you, and you'll abide in me. Somebody say, well of living water. Well of living water. You will satisfy. 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 You'll give me everything that I need. You will satisfy. I'll have to be fooled with anything else. You will satisfy. That's a good place to worship him. Say, well of living water. Well of living water. You will satisfy. You will satisfy. Hallelujah. 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 Can you do me a favor? Lift your hands and tell the Lord yes. Come on, tell him yes. I'm not struggling with you anymore. My answer is yes. My answer is yes. Come on, just tell the Lord yes. That's my worship to you is my yes. Hallelujah. I'll tell you yes. Even with tears coming out my eyes, I'll still tell you yes. Even if my heart is broken for a minute, I'll tell you yes. Even if I have to leave those behind, I'll still tell you yes. Even if I have to cut some things off, I'll tell you yes. Because I'd rather do the cutting than for you to have to do the cutting. I'll tell you yes. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. He's a mighty God. Can we give God glory and give God praise for this word on today? Come on, were you blessed by this word? Hallelujah. Come on, let's bless God for the woman of God who preached the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's a great God, and he deserves all the worship and all the praise. She did a call to salvation, but I want to do a call. If you want to join this church, if you know that the Lord is calling you to be a member of this church, God doesn't want you wandering in the wilderness. He needs you to be planted in the house of God. He don't want you internet church shopping. He needs you to be planted. You need a pastor. You need a church body. You need family that can encourage you and lift you and speak life into you. And you can't do it by yourself. You can't do it by yourself. I know this generation is trying to teach you you can live your life in isolation. But when you are isolated, the enemy does his best work with you. Because one can chase a thousand, but two can put 10,000 to flight. Look at your neighbor and say, you got backup, you got backup, you got backup. Hallelujah. 
So if the Lord is calling you to this church, come on. She didn't even have to wait. Come on. Hallelujah. Is there another? Hallelujah. Bless your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord is calling you. Move now. Move now. Move now. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Stretch your hands this way. Father, I thank you for my sister who has come. God, I thank you for her, her eagerness to be in your will. God, I thank you. God, I see in the spirit hellhounds trying to chase her out of your will. But God, I thank you right now that this word hit her heart and pricked her heart that she's going to abide in you and you abide in her. We decree and declare over her life no weapon that's formed against her shall be able to prosper. So I thank you for this new place you're bringing her into. God, I thank you that you are sending her here to grow in you, God. And I thank you for this fresh start. We speak a new season over her life right now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you that what you're doing in this new season, you're going to take it to places that eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. God, as I lay my hands on her, I pray over her life a fresh anointing. I speak an end to one season and I speak to her spirit into another season. And I thank you for what you're doing in her life. God, thank you for connecting her to this family. This is her church. She's found her place. So God, we thank you right now. And we glorify you for what you're doing in her life. It is in your marvelous son Jesus' name that we pray. And let the people of God say amen. Come on, freedom. Let's celebrate our new family member. Come on, clap your hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. You can be seated in his presence. We're getting ready to give at this time. Y'all stay right there. We're getting ready to give at this time. If you need an envelope, there's one in the chair in front of you. We believe in giving the tithe. We believe in giving the offering. So let's give on today. Hallelujah. Um, before we do that, I have a, a special presentation. We ready? Um, so, hold on. So, um, I realize that the church is changing so much. I realize that the church... 50, 60 years ago is not the church of today. Um, with so much transition and so many things that are happening, um, some of y'all remember when gas was 25 cents a gallon. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, <laughs> some of y'all remember that. I, I remember when I, when I started paying attention to it, probably when I had to pay for it, it was 98 cents a gallon. And I remember when it was $1.25, we thought, oh, Lord, we're going into the pole house. <laughs> but things change so often. And 50, 60 years ago is not where we are today. In fact, you ready? Uh, 60 years ago, come on, let's go. <clears throat> Y'all ready? Y'all ain't with me. This man was born. clean, ain't he? He clean, ain't he? 60 years ago tomorrow, 
uh, this man was born, and uh, <laughs> uh, and he clean. He just clean. Been clean a long time. Cleaner than chitlins on New Year's. And I thank God for him. I appreciate him so much. I was blessed. The Lord blessed me double. I have two two dads, two fathers, and um, I thank God for him. Uh, my mom tells this story all the time about when he came into my life. Um, my mom was a single mother for years, and she was very protective, overprotective, overprotective. I'm 39 years old. And she